Welcome everyone to another exciting episode of Retro Encounter. As always, I'm Josh Curry. With me is Davy Tesnovich. Horse feathers. Chris Kabauer. <laughs> and Marcos Gaspar. Hello. And we are wrapping up our indie month here at Retro Encounter, so we're going to be talking about Juniper's Knot. A tiny little game that probably most of you have never heard about. But you should all go out and at least give it a look because it is free. And I, I think early response from all of us is we all enjoyed it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love Davey from you. We got a hmm. Even though it's like your game that you have pushed. <laughs> I, I was trying not to be too ex- excited about it. So um, No. Yeah, I think everyone liked it a lot, actually. Uh, and so uh, it is free on PC. Or you could, it's 99 cents on iOS and I'm guessing Android, but that's how Chris and I played. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was interesting to be like, hey, I gotta, I gotta be on my iPhone real quick. I gotta wrap this game up so I can do this podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also super convenient to be just lying in bed last night and read it and be like, oh, that was awesome. I, I, went, go pass it. I went and got my hair cut. So I, I was, <laughs> I was waiting for my lady to be like ready for me. Played a little bit, went over to Pita Pit. While they're like frying up my meat, so like play a little bit more, just click, 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 click. Um, so it actually was relieving. It was like it was a it was a nice kind of relaxing game in that regard. But the content of it was not relaxing whatsoever. That game went super dark. I did not expect that type of game. Definitely because so background. If you guys for some reason did not listen to the other episodes in February. We kind of had this idea, instead of covering one game in a month, like we usually do, we we're going to cover three, and we we're going to have a core theme around each of them. And when we were like listing out these games, and for the most part, Davey and I went through and made this huge list, we were like trying to get, like, hey, let's have a concept or a theme surrounding it. And I paired Gone Home and To the Moon. Ah, oh, damn it. To the Moon. <laughs> I really hate that we did Pokemon before this. Um, <laughs> and all of a sudden, Davey just like dropped Juniper's Knot. And so I had zero concept of it other than there's a lady with horns and some titties. Wow. I, well done. I think most women do have titties, Josh. No, but it's, it's one of those things is like, I don't know. After going from, from looking at the art. Yeah, just after the art, it's like, oh, all right. This is what we're doing. Okay. Um... <laughs> But there, there, there was like a kind of assumption. I was like, "Oh, it's going to be more oh, no. melancholy, like that, or like love struck." And it was interesting to have at face value. It was not a love story. I, I think the argument can be no. that with some of the past that, unfortunately, we don't have names, but the demon, the fiend that she talked about. There's obviously a love story there, and I think there's a a quasi love story that develops between her and the boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but not. But in a much more platonic, or yeah, yeah, like a uh, almost mm-hmm. like a mother and a son, and a yeah, father and a daughter in a very different way. Like the, the, in some regards, he becomes her protector, and then she promises to be his protector in return. Yeah, and from what she said about what she's capable of, yeah, she's probably gonna do fine in protecting. He, he should be all right. Yeah, yeah he's gonna be. He's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna do good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like in exchange for his empathy, she gives him her trust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, if you guys have not played it yet, it's it's completely a visual novel. 
I'm not sure what it is on a uh, computer, but on a phone, you're just going to sit there tapping on the screen. And you're just going to read for about an hour. Um, you're going to go on a small adventure. And like, we kind of start off with the boys kind of going on. Like, we, we they shift pers- like perspectives, but it starts with the fiend, and this boy's lost on an adventure, essentially. And then mm-hmm. they start a conversation. They have this dialogue because she is stuck in a circle that has kept her there for hundreds, possibly thousands. We have no idea, but for a very, very long time. And it's this interesting conversation they have with him being lost and hungry and tired and her wanting revenge and to be free. And yeah, well, she's just almost like lost her mind at this point. Like she's been isolated there for so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One, one of my favorite lines is she, she has, uh, he talks about how he's lost and she kind of has like this turn of a phrase where she's like, it's funny that you're lost. Cause I know this place so intimately. She's like, yeah. so intimately it would make you blush. And it's like, wow, okay. We're, wow. And it was like, <laughs> and I think that's part of one of the things that was so great about it. And I, you have to nail this in a game like this is you have to have the dialogue be so succinct and so perfect. You can't have mm-hmm. that ring false because everything that you're experiencing is essentially either the written thought or the written word of these individuals. Yeah. Yeah, and the, like and the juxtaposition of their situations, like through the wit of the mm-hmm. dialogue of how she constantly turns what he's saying against him, or like another example is when he goes to sleep and just her whole she was pissed. Uh, yeah. thought process of just jealousy and hatred for the fact that he can rest, yeah. just can yeah. actually take a break from all of it, and then all of a sudden just the pure vitriol and hatred of it would have been better if I had just been left alone because I wouldn't have. Think of hope and all the rest of it, and yeah, the game constantly does. Or the, the visual novel does a great job of constantly going back and forth and playing off of what seems like an innocuous or innocent statement can all of a sudden become a source of great pain or humor uh, for her. Yeah, like when he says, "I've been lost for two days," and she goes, "Oh, is that a long, long time?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Here for a couple hundred years, buddy. Yeah, I'm not lost, but I'm not leaving. Yeah. Oh man, but yeah, when when he goes to sleep, that's easily the darkest part of the game. When you yeah. finally get a, you get to see what it's like when she is isolated, when she doesn't have him there to talk to her. Like it gets dark, and she talks about like all the ways she's tried to end her existence, so she doesn't have to deal with that anymore. But mm-hmm. wow, no, and like the the cussing, man, like you didn't, you, you kind of get the impression that this game, like for all its melancholy, is kind of like innocent, and kind of pure. But yeah, man, the language goes off on it. A tear there, and you're like, that was not expected, and kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it hits home. It's yeah, done very it's well. Much, it's very honestly vicious. Yeah, there's a actually a moment there when he first falls asleep. I thought that they were going to go the direction that he was a uh, figment of her imagination. Ooh. Um, because hmm. they had played up that she had been there so long that she was kind of losing it, and I, I even if I was super tired, if Someone was throwing things at me and screaming and just like losing their mind five feet away from me. I'd like to think I'd wake up. And so I, I, I actually thought it was going a really, really twisted direction of she's, she, this is her moment of fully losing it where she just like, she can no longer connect to reality and she's seeing this and tormenting herself beyond her already obstacles that she has of being in the ring. Hmm. Yeah, you know what's really weird? And I'm used to like a lot of games doing this where it comes off very innocent. Like, I thought 
at some point in this game that it was just going to turn really, really vicious, and she was just going to kill him right there oh, and then. Like, she was going to do it? Yeah, like snap his neck or something there. And I'm yeah. like, oh, I knew it! Because I'm so used to games uh, or stories playing out like that. But I was pleasantly surprised that she did not, in fact, snap his neck or anything. <laughs> so I, I really like the way that's played up, because like, if the player doesn't have as much empathy as the boy, you believe that until the very end. Even at the end, though, because she is hugging him, like, clinging yep. to him, and then she just, like, whispers, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, that was the time, oh, no, no, when the, she yeah. whispers words that he can't hear. He well, because she says, I'm sorry, and then she whispers the words that he can't hear, I was like, here it goes. Yeah, and I was like, oh, no, it's a curse. It's some Rend kind him. of, that was just one time, rip exactly. him apart. <laughs> I, I just, I, I thought that was the moment. And then when it didn't, I was like, oh. The, the, that was what? the, as soon as it did not happen there, I was like, they are in, she's in for, for the long haul at this point. She's committed. Yeah. Um, which it makes oh. sense, because for her to be willing to let go of him in the first place, let him go mm-hmm. and try to save her. Yeah. Like, that's a huge step for her. And you can tell it's a huge step, because when we return, she is a mess. She absolutely is a wreck. And she yeah, keeps talking about would... how she's finally feeling emotions and whatnot. So I, it wouldn't have made a lot of sense for her to destroy him after he actually saved her but then also the desperation right but th- there is an element to be said we don't ha- understand this world so you'd say hey she's a fiend this is her being exactly like, even yeah. when she is supposedly supposed to be happy she still can't get that happiness and there's that twist of you are no longer inside that circle but you will forever be in this circle mm-hmm. of torment because that's who you are and especially um, clearly when she's walking away and she talks about how, you know, she can feel that everyone that she used to know is gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even those other, you know, seemingly eternal creatures, these other fiends, her parents, yeah. her the other fiends she knew, she knows they're gone. And this is not the world she knew in any shape or form in terms of civilization where it is. And so, you know, I'll finally take that rest when this kid is gone. Yeah. And it, I think – so I, I was watching something – separate to this about just kind of like it had prison in it so it made me kind of connect there, there's a lot mm. of parallels to real life of an inmate after they have committed some sort of crime whether it's heinous or not but that they just had to spend time in jail and then coming back and there is no matter how long that distance or that time or that distance was apart from people you're you're coming back to a world you no longer understand yeah and that hers is obviously mm. to the max because it's hundreds and hundreds of years but she she is entering. She she has no concept of the city that she's going to with him. She talks about the color. She talks about how the people have even changed because she keeps remarking about how he is weak. She is utterly a fish out of water. And that's why she says she's going to protect him. But in a lot of sense, he is still going to be protecting her every step of the way because she's not going to understand anything and her place. She's not going to understand her place in the world. So it's I think yeah. for a very very extended period of time, it is going to be a codependent relationship. Yeah, he's no, like true. the Navi to her link. <laughs> I literally don't understand that. Oh, brutal! <laughs> wow, <laughs> a lot of a lot of people um, from the site now just cried. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> I spend my time playing good games. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, uh, but yeah, so you guys, that I I love that tension that the the reader gets that they they are always suspecting her, like they and they understand her desperation, like. And I can't even imagine having the willpower to, to just let him go, to be like, okay, here's my chance out. Just walk away. Like, after all my desperation, all my uh, solitude, like, man, I can't imagine the willpower it would take. Yeah, and especially when 
in that moment when she really flies off the handle when he's asleep and she references she had one moment and she let it go and she starts the self-loathing yeah yeah but it goes to show that as much as you know and the self-loathing is totally justifiable as we talked about before it's that uber dark just pure hatred but Mm -hmm. it's also it goes to show that company just any kind of contact has been so remarkable for her that she's, even if it's not going to end in her salvation of any kind in terms of escape, she is willing to prolong Mm -hmm. contact with another human. Mm -hmm. Even if she's not being honest and she's not, you know, she's toying with him because she's far more intellectual and, and just much more capable. She will let certain lies exist because it's more fun for her. And, you know, again, she just is desperate desperate to talk to anything mm-hmm. but at the same time she could just end it and escape by just being like yeah put your hand through here again yeah grab, and then move this, bye friend the second time he does yeah he reaches in the circle to hold her hand and she has a really hard time letting go yeah and she had there's that yeah, exactly there's that one moment and she starts pricking him yep and i i, I also thought that might end up in some kind of incantation or a thing or something mm-hmm. we wouldn't understand but then afterwards i looked at that as she was debating do i Yep. Just pull him in and yeah, she was squeezing extra lead him out. Yeah. Or do we just ugh, awesome. But I I do love that you keep bringing up that you think things will be an incantation. Like this setting is so strange and foreign and complete that like you can accept that anything can happen here. And mm-hmm. you can accept like the, I I just don't know how this works. Well, and like you're constantly curious about the world and the rules. Yeah. It's a woman with horns or a creature with horns that has the shape of a woman. It's called a fiend. Uh, like I, I looked at that, and immediately, immediately I think of like satyrs and everything from Greek mythology and all the rest of it, in terms of just creatures. And like you said, anything's possible. Yep. And she you just references after she gets out because they talk about how she had to use to uh, grind down her horns, and he asks about her yeah. ears. Yeah. And she made mention of I think some sort of elfling. No, she's talking about half fiends. Yeah. 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 Okay, but she like, but she, there, there is a very complex world that is not touched on. I, I guess is. Kind of yeah, there is there is like, and that's why I, I I like for me I was thinking of just old mythologies because of these ideas of like creatures in the forests, dryads and whatnot that people know about because they've heard the legends of fiends, but you don't really see them. And you, if you do, you, you know what's really odd though is the setting itself doesn't look like it would come from hundreds or thousands of years ago. It actually for me it looks like something more. Uh, I don't want to say modern, but like the last couple of hundreds. of of years probably yeah yeah like that does not look like something like from like the time of mythology unless uh what she did happened a couple hundred years ago that would uh, affect that setting so that would make oh, yeah. me think that like well this wasn't like anything prior to maybe 15 14 100 or something like that or pr- anything earlier than that just by the setting itself so i'm really curious so the cathedral and- I, th- I think your biggest mistake you're making though marcos is assuming that it's earth mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah. yeah that's another thing like i, I don't know if it's earth uh, well, if 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 we're using that as just a base of just trying to logically grasp things, he definitely lives in any whether it's an industrial age or a mechanical age because he's talking about oil, yeah, and oil the rest of yep. it and machines. Yeah, so and, uh, if you use Earth, it's got to be like a 19th century-ish kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. and they yeah. talk about flappers too. Yeah, flappers. And they did, <laughs> yeah, like, flappers. That caught me off guard. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. It made me chuckle. Yeah, <laughs> are you calling me a flat boy? Yeah, <laughs> that, that was that was when I was like, "Wait, what? Really?" And I was like, yeah, "Oh, okay." That's, 
right. yeah, that's before it gets real dark and you're just kind of enjoying the banter and the weird stories. Yeah. 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 yeah and that's why I just having her in a corset like outfit while mm. it's not entirely contemporary. It's, it's a very basic, uh, piece of dress that can fit so many eras yep. going so far back and still be in style just in different ways. So it is a very vague piece of clothing that says it's not now to us. Yeah. That's not, you know, that's, that's, yeah. And <laughs> it's like to what Josh said, like who says it's ours? It could be something yeah, else. Totally. So that, but sure, I, I can... just, for the sake of my own logic, it's just, yeah, easier to yeah, yeah. I, I'd say what you mean there. But yeah, I mean, the kids wearing suspenders. How dare you? I think kids can wear suspenders in any age. How dare you? There are rules, Davey. There are rules. Um, I think one of the most brilliant parts of the storytelling was that we got to see both perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. We got to see his perspective immediately after watching her complete meltdown as well. Oh, yeah. So again, it's one of those, you, you have kind of this full ride up and down of emotions. Yep. You have that friendly banter at the beginning. You have him immediately one of the, the first time he puts his hands in there and she gets angry. Like you have that anger and like he says, I mean, there's anger, but it cools down and it relaxes. And you kind of have those, those moments where you're tensing up with him, mm-hmm. but yeah, at the whole time true. you have this almost sense of control because she is in control. Even if she's not going to express exactly what happened to her, to us, you feel in control and you feel that like sense and to have it when you see her complete meltdown and have it switch to him and come off that rage and be like, I am now confused just like him. And they, they yeah. play the emotions up of not having like giving you a full roller coaster and also really building on you experiencing what the play or the characters are actually experiencing. Yeah. But then playing off of, but what's the perception of the person who isn't privy to that thought process? Right. Because she freaks out, and then we switch to him, and he wakes up, and it's like something's off, yeah. but I don't know what. Right. But we yeah, do, they, and so we get to witness him hair? try and figure out what could have happened, and then being like, "Why is the stuff in my hair? Why do I have Wait, 20? did you just? Yeah, why are there twenty <laughs> walnuts all around her chest? Yeah. yeah. One of the things I really wanted to talk about was the actual ending. We, we've kind of touched on it, but he saves her from the circle mm-hmm. through a whole process, um, and we can. David will go back to the olive tree. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but there's the conversation about how she is going to protect him and whatnot. But after that, she is basically yeah. going to give up. She's, she's tired. She needs to relax. She needs to rest. And by rest, it's kind of the assumption that she needs to stop living is how yeah. I took it. But with her actual phrasing there, there was a sense originally when she started talking about that, that she was going to watch over him for the, the entirety of his life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, th- with how she phrases stuff towards the end, it sounds like she is only going to stay with him until she gets him home. So I wanted to see I what your guys' thought was on that. I took it as, you know, she she's finally able to end her life on her own terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, I almost wonder, if because uh, it's it's not expressed, but if anyone else thought this, that part of the rule of, of that circle where, you know, one living thing has to replace another is that the circle itself is also what's keeping her alive. Yes, absolutely. And so now that she's escaped and that's gone and she can kind of actually live, you know, however, and I don't, you know, again, we don't understand the rules of this world, this universe, but 
that she wants to help him through his whole life and then only when he passes like i really do i saw it as the kid breathes his last breath whatever that is and then she will just take her leave of that world okay well yeah that's they're they're about, trying right? to be really evocative too because it's after he gets her out of the circle and they start establishing like a really solid relationship mm-hmm. that they bring up the half fiends. So like there there's a precedence for humans and fiends being in a relationship. So they're just trying to like evoke some feelings or like almost like a headcanon interpretation of sure. what happens to these characters. It's possible that they actually end up yeah. together as a real relationship. What's kind of Funny is also with some of the art that you, you unlock, I guess, after playing through it, is they have some, there was one image of like the two of them, it looked like it was at Christmas time, like Aww. her dragging him around the city and him being like, <laughs> like, like she's just fascinated by the world and wants to keep exploring. He's like, slow down. <laughs> and so I, to that point, uh, to what you were saying, Debbie, I do think that they are trying to play up that idea of this could be that relationship, mm-hmm. you know, her second attempt at what she might've thought she had with that girl. <sighs> Because I don't even know if it's a, even with this boy, it's a sexual thing. I think it right. might even just be that connection mm-hmm. that she had with that one person that she sees something in this boy that evokes whatever that innocence, that wonderful joy of just being with that individual was. In and she's yeah. happy to find it again. In fairness, though, that you can make the argument that even with the assumed relationship with the girl that kind of got her in the whole issue of being in the circle that it's not necessarily known if that was actually romantic or not, or if it was just, that's my point. We don't know if it, but, but there was, she, but she talks about how she saw something in that girl that was different. Right. Again, I agree. It's not exactly sexual, but it is that there was something in this person that made her want to be with her. And do we actually know if it, I mean, they don't confirm that that specific incident is the reason. I mean, it makes sense. in terms of how this whole place has been burned to the ground that she's in. So I kind of, I, I assumed that as well. She specifically says, she, she specifically says that she didn't say what she did to get her in the circle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's she stays away from it, but yeah. there is, there By the is environment. I feel it, but it's not confirmed. It's have, I think even though she does not explicitly state, I think it's heavily implied yeah, and for sure. I just wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything. The hard part is you have, she's, an imperfect, like, um, can't think of the word. And not narrator, but she, she's not, she's purposely being coy about her history. She's a dishonest right. narrator. Yeah. They're yeah. the unreliable one. Yeah. 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 Um, and so even if it was the, the reason that she was there, she was not going to express that. It, he was like, it. it was pulling teeth for him to get as much information oh, sure. as he did. The story mm-hmm. in my head that, that weirdly made sense was that she created the circumstance like she actually created the circle as a way of an escape and it just backfired on her that as a weird penance for what she had done and because it seems to be the greatest atrocity she committed was destroying that town i mean with everything else she says granted she's not going through her whole history she's far too old and too ancient a being for that but it seems like that was the most significant event that she's to discuss and on so, the other hand uh, yeah on this uh, with the same point like if that's not what got her into the circle the fact that that story is still so dear to her at exactly. this point in time like that's heavy like which is why i, I, I almost like, I like that's uh, in my head again i just liked the idea that it, it hurt her so intensely that she created the knot to escape but then you know it's the same it's the when people joke about you know i 
I hate you forever or I'll hate you forever. And then once you get to live forever, you realize how much of a mistake that is. Mm. Oh, wow. Oh, was, yeah. Was Getting very deep. Well, well said. <laughs> very gnomic of you, Christopher. Well, thank you. Yeah. I, I was looking actually at some of the concept art in the extras while we were having this conversation. And there is one of him grown up. Oh, there is? Yeah, no, I can't find it. Yeah, so, I mean, they. I, I think you guys are right. It is not. I absolutely think you guys are right that it's not just a trip back and she is going to leave him. Um, and then, so you throw in the kind of the combination, granted it's guest art of the Christmas photo, and then yeah, wherever the picture went of the, him as an adult, where did that go? But there, there is kind of the assumptions that it is going to be a very, very long-term thing. Mm-hmm. I wonder, I do wonder if the developer intended to go back to this story and these characters before they went defunct. Mm. Yeah. Um, which I, was... I think it's kind of an important thing to talk about. Um, they had a Kickstarter, if I'm correct, and that just did not pan out. So they they returned the money back in January. So this is actually a very very recent thing. Yeah. And with that, I I so the reason I played on the iPhone is I could not download it through the PC. Like the link to download it would not work for me. So I'm not sure if that was part of the whole process of shutting it down as well. Mm. Um, which is oh, a, yeah. which is a shame because yeah. it actually is a it is a really good game and I. Yeah, it's really good. The, I think the biggest travesty is when you have something that's constructed like this. If this is actually going to slowly be pulled away, or like you look at PT, you you, yeah. you look at those as achievements. And you, and they're they can be good, bad, terrible, but they are an achievement at the very least on their personal level for that individual. And there is merit to having those out there to be experienced. And it's a it's a really it's a damn shame if they actually end up pulling this down. Yeah. Did uh-huh. did you did you get the PC version, Marcos? Yeah, I'm on the PC version. I was playing on my computer. Uh, did you download that recent? Yeah, I downloaded it like uh, probably like a week ago. Okay, so hopefully it was just Josh having a problem. Yeah, I don't know. Cause I I had I had downloaded it earlier in the month, yeah. and then I decided to uh, start from scratch with my computer again. So I wait, and I realized this week, like this week, I was like, oh, I have to play that. I was like, oh, I don't have it anymore. <laughs> I, I just could, I could never get it again. So. And how dare they yeah. force you by accident to make you pay 99 cents? Oh, bastards. Which I, I would not be upset about paying a dollar for this. Man, yeah, that's, yeah. What, that's, why, that's why I did it. It's like whatever, it's 99 cents. Um, I'm more so man. upset. I'm not sure that the money's actually going to go to them. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that if, if they. I didn't realize that it was a failed Kickstarter, so it is possible that's going to have to end up helping to pay. Yeah, they, they did um, one other visual novel before they. Close down. Yeah, it was like an episode one of something, right? Yeah, you're correct. Finding it. Dysfunctional uh, Systems. Yeah. That is the one. I have not played that, but I'm interested. I feel like the, the writer for this game, at least, was really on point. Like, I was really impressed mm-hmm. with the prose. I really liked the, the use of present tense in the visual novel form. It really puts a little bit more impetus on the player just because it feels immediate. What's also interesting is the quote that I found. It's it's on Wikipedia, but it was also on other sites describing Dischan Media. Is that their 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 uh, I guess phrase describing the company was an idea. Their concept was focusing on creating art, music, literature, and design to the utmost excellence. Hmm. And I really like that line because what uh, when we were talking before we started recording, Davy and I. What I liked about this game so much, or this visual novel, is that 
every element is pretty fantastic in how it all comes together. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack is simple, but it's incredibly evocative and fitting for the moments when it, especially when it crescendos to certain peaks of emotion. Mm-hmm. I love the art. The writing is fantastic. Yeah. Like it really is a, I mean, I'm going to say it's greater than some of its parts, but each part is pretty fantastic on its, its own and they come yeah. together quite wonderfully. It's the whole package. And I feel yeah. like, especially for like a dollar thing you can get on your phone, As this that, is like yeah, the perfect great. intro to visual novels. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. I so like, can I, can I kind of disagree with some of that? Yeah, sure. Go sure. I actually viewed the music as a whole as not terribly great. I okay. think what is more memorable, which I think they did do a good job with, was the minor sound effects. The design of the oh, yeah. fire and the nuts and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I think that evokes much more emotions and understanding of place than any yeah. of the, the music ever did. That's very fair. That kind of stuff is what visual novels can do really well. Like They can take out so much prose and instead just give you the sound of a fire or the image of a character. Mm. And, then, and especially if it's been barren of sound up to that point, it becomes mm-hmm. that much more of a recognizable yeah. moment. They really do have a light hand with that stuff, too. That's well done. And then to go along the lines of me planning, <laughs> <laughs> while I agree that the art was fantastic, I thought the character design was very good, I was disappointed that they didn't use more of it. Agreed. Um, there's moments there's, when they're holding hands, they're not actually holding hands. Right, or the fact that she'll be standing for the entire conversation and then they'll sure. end with she stood They're up sitting yeah and I was exactly. like, well, well, she's mm. been saying this whole time and I, I know it's, it's really nitpicky but i wish they'd have done more like the boy had basically standing there and his arm up yeah and she yeah, at least totally. had like they did a very good job i actually think with her face of different yeah. smiles quirks and whatnot but i would have liked i guess i would have liked more and I, oh, under- I understand that adds a tremendous amount of complexity to the amount you have to draw. It's, it's very simple because there, there's there's only so many actual drawings that they had to do for this. Um, oh, yeah. And there's only, like, it's a team of a handful of people. He's one of the shortest so, credits I've ever seen, and yes. I, yeah, and I think yeah. it was only, like, one or a couple main artists. You know, every Like, each person on that list was doing something different. Yeah, and so I, it, I know it's a really kind of crappy thing to complain about. Um, no, no, it's justified. I just excuse it because I, I saw those credits and was like, oh, wow, that was one person? That's fine. You do you, man. But yeah, ab- got that absolutely the number one thing I would complain about was the sitting. Which they, And the worst part is they actually had models for that for when he is sitting and kind of when she's sitting where they they raise him just slightly. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. would have been enough if they just during those times when they, when they were sitting and they had her standing like that. I don't know. I know it's this really stupid uh, complaint. I- no, I want to agree with you in a way because, like, as as a person who's played like dozens of visual novels, I always wish that they have more art. Like, I'm never satisfied with the amount in there, and I, I think you could see that too. Like, regardless of the story, like you could animate more frames and you could make more art for it, and it would be a better experience. And I feel like if if this medium ever grew enough that you could maybe see a budget that would support something like that, and that that would be amazing. I um I think a lot of people when they hear a good story or they like uh like read a good piece of art medium anything uh they always wanted it to be turned into a movie but like for me when i read a really good book i'm like man if that was a visual novel i would have appreciated like a little bit more like i want to see these things that they're drawing with words this would make for a really really good dirty western year or eastern european short film interesting 
Um, Making a check film, the love on guard. Yeah. Oh, like yeah, it's kind of set up like a one act for sure. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a one scene, one room, very yeah. intimate, dark. Actually, bleeding. not a lot of editing. Yeah. Yeah, I would say more than that. Even it, it could easily be uh, turned into a like yeah, like a one act live stage performance. Yeah. Yeah. That's what yes, I'm absolutely. It is very simple. There is there's yeah. two people, and you just yeah, you need to have exactly. Because that's the great thing is you can read into it because there is no spoken word. You just mm-hmm. need to have two believable characters. Yep. That have. You, just, you need a circle. You need leaves yeah. and two people, and then lighting can allow for a lot of other interpretation. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it does, it, it does kind of re- remind me of a play. Mm. Um, yeah. But, it's a character study. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and that's they're two very good characters. Yeah, you should do that, Chris. Do yeah, that. Right. And put it on YouTube for us. <laughs> yeah, buy people together to it. make it happen. Buy next week when we're putting this up. Oh, great! Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> let's get on that. Oh, we gotta, we gotta hit one of the irons hot, right? You know, oh, like, yeah. it's gonna be so popular, it's gonna be blowing up after this podcast. So <laughs> just, yeah, don't worry, just, I got tons of free time. We want all those totally. YouTube hits. <laughs> YouTube monies, come on, man! Oh, Start those subscribers. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Paid. Are th- is that what you're writing in your to-do list? Yeah, that's, it's just in giant letters. <laughs> just money. No. Make money at the thing you, love. Not, you don't even have to write it out. You just do science, money symbols. Yeah, exactly. Just draw all of money hats yeah. everywhere. Question oh, marks. Profits. Yeah. yeah. Classical theater mostly. I don't get paid. What is this? <laughs> so I'm pulling this up really quick. Correct me if I... Oh, Marcos, this was the only game you did this month. But Davey, you were on all the other ones. Chris, you were at least on Gone Home. What I kind of want to go back to, we started off at the beginning of the conversation about how there was kind of a unifying theme for the month. I wanted to kind of touch on what did you guys think that unifying theme was? To me, it was about uh, adapting different stories and in, into different forms of storytelling for yeah. like a, I don't want to say video games, because I honestly, I'm kind of on the these are not games side of that argument, which I think is fine, but I think it's just about adapting storytelling into new mediums. Like all three of these games were very, very different ways of telling a story. Yeah, I was going to say expressions of storytelling. Yeah, because they're... and also and the two that I played because I, I did the first and the third are both which was Gone Home. Debated, and yeah, Gone Home. And, yeah, sorry, I should have probably made that more clear. Uh, but they are both games you can do quite easily in a sitting. Mm-hmm. Not a sitting of four or five hours. A sitting of an hour and a half to two hours. Or less for both. And the way they both tackle atmosphere and character development is very different. Hmm. And yet both very poignant in their own right. Which is really awesome. Because this is... And also a lot of games because of these two. Like when we were done with Gone Home, I haven't... I've been going now through the backlog of PS Plus games and other smaller different games that I've had downloaded but just haven't gotten to. Because... I now want to keep finding other different experiences. Oh, I have some mm. good experience. We'll talk after this. All right. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's been it, it's it's been wonderful because I've been looking for. I've done visual novels before, but I haven't. You know, with the walking genre, I hadn't really jumped into that. And after Gone Home, home other than <laughs> one of my online staples right now, I couldn't get back to Metal Gear Solid Five. And I love that game, and I'm going to get back to it eventually. But I needed a break because I wanted to find other things. Sure. So for me, it's also just been like keep looking for the interesting. Like the big yeah, one on my list right now is that Dragon Cancer. Like, I, yeah. uh, it's going to kill me, 
because it is <laughs> way too close to the home. But I, I want that. I, you know, I, I want these new things, and it's what I love about the medium. And it's, you know, we have all this wonderful experimentation that's been going on yeah. for years now, but it keeps getting more and more prevalent and more and more. There's more of a limelight on it, which is awesome. It's it's so malleable and unexplored, like 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 this game story. It could be anything, yeah. and yeah. it's just so exciting as a lover of fiction. Like, yeah, so much is left to your imagination. You can make of of a lot of these things what you will. There is, it's open ended. It's not concluded, and all of a sudden, you know, here you go. That was your experience. These are where the characters are. You're done. It's we get to witness these bite-sized moments of a lifetime. These mm-hmm. just glimpses at a life, and then they go. They don't tell you anything else. You just have to assume and hope or fear, and that's it. And with maybe the music or the way the story's been conveyed to you up to that point, you know, it leads you in a direction of opt- optimism or negativity. But that's all you have. Yeah, you've just got to. You show up and then you leave. It's great. I love it. So I know, Marcos, you were only on this one, but I'm not sure if you played To the Moon or Gone Home before. Do you have any thoughts on themes? I have not played them, so I can't give you an honest answer, unfortunately. What would you say the number one theme that you took out of uh, Juniper's Not? Put you on the spot. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, I, I don't know. Okay. That's fair. I was going to say. Yeah, that's, that's like super <laughs> wow. on the spot. Kind of brutal. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go a very, very different tact than I think everybody else with a kind of perspective on this. I think the unifying theme, and I don't think this is what we planned at all, but I think they're all stories about the lengths of individuals willing to go for either a relationship or companionship. Huh. So. Yeah. To just kind of go through it really quickly, you think of Gone Home, and you look at uh, the main, not the main character you're experiencing, but her sister, and you're watching her struggles of understanding her sexuality, understand, like, coming to grips to that, the length she's willing to go when her parents don't approve, and having them, like, essentially break up, but then come back together in the end, and that huge epic kind of love story around that. And then you, you go to uh, to the moon and you look at the broken relationship between the uh, older man and his whole, the whole game is about reconciling his dreams. And ultimately his mm-hmm. dream is that companionship with the love of his life. And then you fast forward to uh, Juniper's not. And again, it's, it's the boy lost needing help. It's this fiend that has been stuck in the circle that had the, essentially the love of her life torn from her and she tailspinned out of that and now she's stuck and she finds new companionship from that and the lengths they're willing to go from from that point forward to have each other i know that's extrapolating a little bit from what the ending is but i i I kind of view that as the central theme of actually what became of this one it's not necessarily they're not love stories but they are it's the struggle of two people needing each other yeah, I can see that. I mean, like, I didn't play To the Moon, but uh, what I have played from this uh, creator was a bird story or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that was more or less just a, or bird story, rather, uh, a story of just a boy and his bird. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was very much about companionship and intimacy, even though uh, Oh yeah, it yeah. was between a boy and a bird. Yeah, yeah, it was just very simple and just like, oh, very intimate. And even if you look at uh, Gone Home, just how 
solitary it feels, how alone you feel going through that house. Uh, yeah. yeah. You, you build so much more into it because you are alone. Um, and you're seeking out where your family is because you need them essentially. You, like, and especially like the subplot with the parents, like that's very much about a, a relationship trying to yeah. come back together as well. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to bag on like AAA games, but I, I do think there, there is, that's one of the main places you have for these indie games or these smaller games or these small teams that have these passion projects is you can have a central theme, something that's not going to be necessarily com- commercially viable for publisher and you can have sure. an interesting experience that can touch somebody that plays it it's crazy because the the games industry is more and more really mirroring cinema in terms of how things get made where you have your blockbusters that they can be done if there is if there's a lot of creativity and freedom they can be very poignant stories but oftentimes most of these movies now are being cultivated by a hive mind for a profit Mm-hmm. And it's these small projects that can really delve into characters and relationships because also half the time you only have a budget for three people. Yeah. So you better make those three people pretty damn special. Yeah. I, I, I do find with AAA games, I find myself like steering my, myself more towards mechanical stuff rather than story related stuff for that mm-hmm. very reason. I feel like a lot of AAA games are like just like popcorn summer movies. Like, yeah, it's fun. Good. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's, not, uh, those aren't the kind of stories that really draw me in, but like a mechanical, a, a solid mechanical game can keep me enthralled regardless of what's going on otherwise. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's, and that's why, why when like, you have a Last of Us or something like that, it becomes such a shockwave to the system because that's a very yeah. good counterpoint is The Last of Us. Man, that game was written well. Yeah. And then, and because of it, people stand up and take notice. Yeah. Because it's much more rare than you'd like it to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is going to do it for us. Retrocon. I think that's a perfect place to end this one. And the important thing is we kept the podcast shorter than the actual game it takes to play. Game? hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be back next month. Uh, for March, we are playing Nier. So we'll be back to our normal schedule of uh, having multiple mm-hmm. podcasts for that game. We will also will be back to doing uh, bonus encounters. Bonus rounds. There we go. Whew. Too many encounters. Uh, we'll have a bonus round next month. I am not going to spoil that. I am just going to say I am super, super excited, and I think everybody that knows what's going on in that is super excited. So that'll be a treat for you guys. You guys are uh, beating up a car as fast as you can in like ten seconds, right? Uh, it's got to be faster than ten <laughs> exactly. seconds. Always faster oh, okay. than ten seconds. In the meantime, you guys can send your emails uh, to retroidrpgfan.com. Jump on the boards and voice your thoughts. You can also go to iTunes or any other podcast like listening things apps and review uh the reviews and comments make a huge difference to getting it out so please do that but yeah however you do it there's twitter whatever please send us your thoughts we love hearing from you guys and we'd love for you guys to be involved yeah that is gonna do it for us here hope you guys enjoyed it we definitely enjoyed playing this one Uh, absolutely yeah and uh until next month thank you for listening yeah Love each other, everybody. (laughs) Bye.